0: Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crosset, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrosset.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. We give you praise tonight, Father. I thank you for your word that has come forth. Thank you, Jesus, for the givers that you are raising up, God. I thank you for the prophetic positioning that you are putting this body and and each one of us individually into, Father. And I'm asking that you give us a revelation of that positioning tonight in the name of Jesus. That's what I want to talk about tonight. And you know that we get positioned by obedience. We get positioned... For things like financing the kingdom of God by obeying in the small things. That's biblical. If you're faithful over little, he makes you ruler over much. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. We, and with money, we get, a, we get a different attitude. We think, I'm going to give when you give me money. But we can see when folks are giving their rings and stuff in the offering, we don't even have to have money. He just gives seed to the sower. I have a thing. I've seen people put ink pens in there. You just give something that you have. If you, if you don't have two pennies to rub together, you can give something. When God says give, and we give with purpose so that we can be positioned because I'm not going to be positioned as a financer in the kingdom of God if I, don't, if I don't obey in giving little things. I wish it worked the other way. It didn't even work that way for the boy with the five loaves and two fishes. Jesus found not enough. He had to turn it into Enough. More than enough, yes. Had to turn it into more than enough. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that God is raising up this new wave of people at Freedom Ministries to carry the vision of Freedom Ministries forward um we have we know our core leaders here y'all y'all know our core leaders here who've been here for 20 years m- many of them and um and God's moving them up apostle preached it um two Sundays ago about our lots of inheritance we have we have ours when we've when we've given and we've given and we've laid our life down for another for what belongs to another God gives us ours and so we see Elder Barbara moving up. We see Elder Robert moving up. We see um, Sister Monica moving up. Um, there's just, uh, there's a, an anointing for promotion on Sister Monica. I don't even know where she's going, but there's an anointing on her for it. Um, so we see those who have continued to purposefully lay their life down for the ministry. Yes, ma'am.
1: I don't want to interrupt, interrupt you, but if you know me, and most of you do, then you know um, I can be dramatic at times, and if you knew me before I got saved, and I know this is kind of funny, but it's the truth, because everything's parallel to the natural, I was allowed drunk, and I got drunk standing right there. And so, for me, I'm asking God to help me with this. But for me to 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 call out an amount was a new place for me that was totally God. And you say, but we don't. Why do we have to plant that seed here? Why does it have to go in this offering here? And because the fast happens here, we pour our spirit out at this altar here and we cry out between the porch and the altar for you here and so when that anointing comes in for finances and God is saying to give I mean he's told me before to say 5,000 and I was scared to say 5,000 and I didn't do it and I didn't obey him and then when I heard that tonight I had to step out on faith because Brother Arnie, you sowed a seed in my life when I went to the conference, and I didn't come back the same because of the seed you sowed in my life. And if you pour into my life, I can't take for granted what you do. I can't take for granted what y'all do for me, the prayers that you pray. And that's why this seed is, this offering here is so powerful because we do, and we pray and it's not about the building and it's not about Freedom Ministries because Freedom Ministries is debt free but it's for you to come up. It's for, it's for me to come up to a new place. It's for you to prosper. God said, I wish above all things that, you're, that you prosper in our good, and good health and so I don't want to be dramatic when I take up an offering and I'm really praying, God, help me. I used to be really, really loud every prayer day, and not recognizing when the spirit was was soft, and, and I had to be taught, well, now I'm having to learn how to step out in faith, and it's a, it's a gift that God has poured in my life, the gift of faith, so I'm, it is not for me, it's for the church, it's for the edifying of the body, and so whenever this offering is is taken up. Even if you go to another church, Freedom 1, Freedom 2, Freedom 3, Freedom Recovery, wherever God planted you, then that anointing has been poured out. Your pastor has been out on this floor crying out for your finances to come up, for your healing to come forth, for your life to be changed, for you to grow spiritually. And so that's why when that anointing comes in for finances, and it's so powerful like that, it's a hundredfold anointing. And you when God never said pledge, he's never told me to say pledge. never told, well, he's told me the 5,000 once before, but I was so scared, and I was scared, and I was so scared, and I wouldn't say it. But we are crying out for the people to prosper. We are crying out, not just spiritually, but uh, financially, for physical healing. We we know that signs, wonders, and miracles, and Pastor Casey, about to take we know signs and wonders and miracles are coming forth. We know that we know that limbs are coming forth. We know that signs, wonders and miracles are being poured out that the manifested healing of God is being poured out in freedom ministries. We know when it's prophesied from the from our from our prophet that that God is pouring out his spirit in these last days and that that you can trust and you can know that that's not coming out of their mind that's not coming out of their mind but it's coming from the spirit of God and he's releasing it into the body for us to go to a new a new level because he said it's for the edification of the body of Christ not just for one person and so you can know that this money goes into good ground it goes into good soil and that it's going to come back and it's going to do what God set it out to do.
0: Thank you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Sister Monica for obeying God and that that $1000 call was from God and 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 you know if you responded or if you didn't respond but you know and um and it's not too late to Listen to the Holy Spirit anytime, anytime tonight. If you just, you just know that was you and you don't know how you can pay it, but you just want to pledge it and you just run down that envelope and and run it up here and it will be fine because it's not too late. One of, um, the largest offering I ever gave, I didn't listen to God the first time I went up, I gave something else. I had to go back up later and obey God. So, um. It is okay to do, because we're all rising up. we learn learning as we go. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Um, we learned last week about the importance of listening to the details of what God speaks to us. And as he's positioning us in these areas of our calling and in this time, it's very important that we hear him. Because every act of obedience is connected to the next place God has for me. What gives me another chance to obey God. In Acts eight. We know, we, many of us know Acts 1-8. We can quote it from memory. Um, God told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. You're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He told them what they're going to get. Go to Jerusalem and wait. He didn't say how long. He didn't say what it was going to look like, sound like, be like. They didn't really, really know what they were waiting on. He told them to go and wait. We would have a difficult time with that statement if we were told, go to the limitless building on Pine Street and wait. That's it. If an apostle, if apostle came, to, came to you and said, I want you to go to 205 Pine Street and wait. Well, how long? What for? Why? Till Till when? I mean, that's fine. You want me to go now or you want me go later? Can I bring a snack? Can I go, can I bring somebody with me? We'd have questions. We want to know what we were getting into. Wait for what? Wait for how long? This is a very difficult thing you're asking me to do. They just obeyed and they waited and they obeyed the detail they didn't try to, they they did, they did try to add to a little bit. They started having a business meeting and everything, but they, um, but they just waited. It didn't even say they were in prayer the whole time. We don't see them in prayer and in one accord for like 40 days. Well, 10 days, I guess, but still, however long they were there. It took them a long time to get in prayer in one accord. <laughs> and, uh... They just went and waited. They just obeyed God. As I was reading, Acts 8, verse 26. If we can put that up on the screen. So Peter received a word from the Lord. Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That was the word he received. He didn't tell him what to do. didn't tell him there's a man I want you to witness to there. didn't tell him anything. Get up and go down the road was his instruction. This is why it's so important that we obey the details, the little details. We talk ourselves out of the little details so much. God says give... Give tonight. Give something tonight. God, I don't have, I got two pennies. I would be too embarrassed to put two pennies into that offering. I can't do it. That's not even worth anything. That's not going to fund any gospel going anywhere. I'm not going to go up there with my two pennies. Or I ain't even got two pennies and God said give an ink pen. Or God said get some shoestrings. Whatever God, whatever crazy, God tells us crazy stuff all the time. And we always talk ourselves out of it. Whatever God says. And so I, I talked myself out of obeying because that, oh, that don't make any sense. And I'm going to be embarrassed if I go up and try to obey God with that. I'm not going to do that. This man got one instruction. Go down the road to the south. That road, the one that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza, just go down the road. Didn't tell him how far didn't tell him how long just go down the road philip just go now i know what i would do and i would say i'm just going to spend a little more time in prayer on this so that i understand what i'm doing going down the road that is i don't understand why i would go down the road at what time i would go down the road I've got to be back in 30 minutes, pick my kid up from school. I've got things to do. I'm not going to go down. I can maybe go down. I can schedule in going down the road on 10 o'clock on Thursday morning. i can probably do it then because it's just, and maybe then I'll know what I'm going down the road for. And um, this man, God said, go down the road. So what did he do? Immediately he arose and went. He just got up and walked down the road. And behold a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury. Y'all, we're going to get the about to blow your minds. Who had charge of all the treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet peter he's walking along don't know why he's walking down the road sees the man doesn't know just sees the man keeps on walking and then his spirit the holy spirit speaks to him and says go near and overtake the chariot so he runs up to the chariot he didn't even tell him what to say to the man he said go get the man go stop the chariot now, we understand a couple things. Philip was a nobody. He was somebody in the kingdom of God, but he was a table server. You know, Philip was, a, was really a nobody. This man, when we talk about the servant of Queen, of Queen Candace of Ethiopia in a chariot, this man would have been decked out. You would have seen the money flowing off of this man. He would have been... He probably had some guards around that made it uncomfortable to approach him because he would not have been traveling alone, not this man. And the spirit said, go, go overtake the chariot. So he ran to him. He didn't know what he was doing yet. He ran to him, though, when he ran up to him, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading And the man said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Hallelujah. We get to sit in high places when we obey God. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. He opened not his mouth and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? (laughs) And then Peter opened his, Philip, sorry, opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Philip obeyed God when he had no idea. He obeyed God in the details, in the little details He didn't talk himself out of obeying God because it didn't make any sense or because it was uncomfortable or because it was scary or because he had no idea what God wanted of him when he got up to the man. He he had no idea what was going to what was going to happen when he approached this man. He just knew God was sending him up there. And we know that God says things like he sends us all day long like sheep to the slaughter. We really don't know. Philip had no idea what was going to happen to him when he got up to this man. He heard him reading the prophet. He showed up at the right time that as he's reading the whole scroll of Isaiah, he's reading a part about Jesus. The timing was on, but the timing had to be perfect because he had to obey God when God spoke. Timing is really important. That's the reason Sister Monica said we give in this offering because the timing is now for this offering. For the anointing that's on this offering, there'll be different anointings on different offerings. There's always a different anointing on the offering. We hope there's always an anointing of some sort on the offering. I told one time, Michelle, I said, get, get the checkbook ready, but don't give it because we, we needed to break through. I said, don't give it unless the anointing comes in on the offering. <laughs> don't, just, don't just give it. We go hold it until the anointing comes in. Because I need a breakthrough. I, I needed that one to do something. Sometimes I just, you know, I just, we just give. Sometimes we just give. Because God loves a cheerful giver, and I do love to give. But I needed a breakthrough on that one. I said, we, we're not giving that one until the anointing comes in. It's important that we hear him and we obey in the right time. Because if he had waited, he would have missed the man. If he had even waited a little bit when God said, go, go run up, go run up right now, and he kind of held back in, in timidly, he would have missed and got a different scripture. He wouldn't have been able to preach Jesus to the man. Yeah. And so he preached Jesus to the man, and the man wanted to be baptized, and he said, oh, look, just because it's all in the right time, he had time to teach Jesus, and all of a sudden they looked down, they're passing over a bridge. There's a river. We can get baptized right now. Timon, he baptizes the man. Y'all know what happened to Philip next? Philip disappeared. He was teleported. And I looked up where he was teleported to because I was interested to see. He was teleported 30 miles away from where he was on that road to Gaza And he ministered, it says he ministered from Ashdod to Caesarea. So he went, God took him in the spirit, 30 miles away to the coast. And he ministered over a 60 mile stretch all the way up the coast from Ashdod all the way up to Caesarea. Took the gospel to people who had not heard the gospel yet because God teleported him there and put him on a new road to go down. Now, another thing about... Do we, did y'all know that Ethiopia to this day is one, of, if not the most, then one of the most Christian countries in the entire world? Queen Candace was one to Jesus. Most people believe by the eunuch because he was the one who received Jesus first out of Ethiopia. Queen Candace was one to Jesus and shared Jesus with the entire country. And Ethiopia to this day, one of the most Christian countries in the world. Because of timing and obedience, we have no idea what chain of events God is putting into place when I obey Him. When I obey Him with something as little as, just put the two cents in your pocket. Just put it in the offering. Don't worry about what it looks like. Just put it in there. Get a pen. It doesn't matter what people... Get something. Get something. Whatever's in your pocket, pull out a receipt and throw it in there. It doesn't matter what... God says, do something, you do it, because I have no idea the chain of events that will take place because of my obedience, because God is a big God. God's plan was more than Philip getting getting the bragging rights of being one of the only, you know, I guess what, him Elijah got teleported to heaven, but he's the only person in the Bible that got teleported from one place to another on earth. That's pretty awesome. There was more than that. It was more than the eunuch. It was more than the people at Ashdod and Caesarea. God had plans for an entire nation that would last for 2,000 years of generation after generation after generation of families who serve Jesus Christ because he obeyed one thing. How many things do we miss? How much... We could be millionaires already if I had, I know I probably could, but I'm just saying for myself, I could be a millionaire already if I hadn't disobeyed God so much. How many things, how many chain of events had God tried to put in into place in my life that I aborted before they were born? I just can't get over it. He ob- because of something as silly and what we would call insignificant as God said, just walk down the road. Just walk down the road. Now, I, if God said, Casey, okay, so just walk down the road. I would consider that to be an insignificant thing. Wow. It's hot. Don't want to walk down the road. I ain't got my walking shoes on. Don't want to go down the road. As insignificant as that sounded, that act of obedience set him up to hear the next thing from God, go up to the chariot, run up, and stop him, overtake him. That set him up to hear the next thing from God. Talk. Preach Jesus to this man. That set him up to hear the next thing from God, all in the right time. And let's get baptized in this river we're passing over right now. You can get it. That set him up to be teleported to Ashdod, where he could minister Jesus from Ashdod, 60 miles all the way up the coast to Caesarea. The eunuch got set up to hear God so that he could take the gospel of Jesus Christ back to Queen Candace and win an entire country. Because Philip, we understand, because of the insignificance of Philip obeying the Holy Spirit when he said, Walk down the road, Philip. Put two cents in the offering, Casey. Hug Jarek's neck, Andy. Oh, we, it's the little it's the little things. We make. We want the big thing. God, I'm going to obey God in the big thing. When's the big thing coming? And I'm going to be blessed, and it's going to be magnificent. It's the little things that get you to the big thing. When the big thing comes, we see, when the big thing comes, it's just one more little obedience. It's just one more little insignificant thing in the chain of one obedient action after another. Until the work of God is finished. Hallelujah. That's why. That's why we have to submit to our authority. We were talking about this at prayer today. That's why it's so important that we submit to authority in the things that's under authority. Because I have absolutely no idea what's coming next. None. And my authority generally has at least a little bit bigger picture of the things than I have. But my authority has a God-given responsibility and a God-given anointing that is in Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Why? Because they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. So my apostle, if I go to her with a question, which I've done many times, didn't like the answer I got many times, many, maybe most, because most of the time I wanted an answer that was self-serving and I got an answer that was God-serving, wasn't what I was looking for. I was wanting the answer. Yes, it's God to take that job in New York. I remember that one. I wanted that one real bad. Yes, it's God to do this. Yes, it's God to do that. I want you know. I want the I want the self-serving answers. That's why it's important to be submissive, because. The Bible tells us that we must be submissive to those who rule over us because they're those who must give an account. We have no idea what comes next in the chain of events, but one thing we do know is that the Bible says that if we are, obey our authority, even in the flesh, if our authority was in the flesh, and we obey them. God accounts it to us as righteousness. And so when I obey, whether I want to, whether I don't want to, whether I'm happy about the answer that I get, whether I'm not, because I can be all spiritual now because I've seen the result of my obedience, but in the moment when I get an answer I don't want, the, very, the first thing that crossed my mind is the first thing that crossed y'all's mind because it was full of rebellion, and that was, my pastor has missed God. <laughs> Mm-mm. she just she just missed God on this one because that can't be right I, I want to do this i just take the mask off I heard you gasp when I said it <laughs> but i come down your street now <laughs> that's the first thing we say because we're mad about it I don't like that answer. I, won't, I wanted a different answer. Well, that's the answer I got. Now, I have a choice. Do I submit to my authority or do I do what's right? I mean, I do not do what's right. If, sorry. Or I do what's right by submitting my authority. Do I submit to my authority or do I do what I want to do? Now, here's the thing. If my authority, because the Bible says that even if I submit to my authority in the flesh, It's still accounted to me as righteousness. So if my authority did miss it, she never has. If she did, it would turn into God for me, for me. Now, the Bible says that our authority has to give an account for what they tell us. But I, as one under authority, have one responsibility, and that is to submit to my authority, and not make it hard on them. It says, let them do so. Let them give an account and be over you with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. For me. Not for them. For me. It's unprofitable for me. But if I just submit, it doesn't even matter. If I just submit, they can even miss God. I don't want to say they, because I don't want to talk about my apostle. If Because, well, I'm a pastor, so if I miss God when I give you some advice, but you submit, God accounts it to you as righteousness and works it out for you as if it were his perfect will of God. Because it was the perfect will of God that we submit to our authority and obey the word that comes out of their mouth because they give an account to God for their own thing. But my responsibility is to not make it hard on them and to be submissive and then it will be profitable for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we have to get the arrogant, not listening spirit out of us. Because these little things matter and they matter because they position us for the big things so I'm 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 almost done there's a generation that's rising up there's a gen- my generation my people that grew up in this ministry and Pastor Pinson prophesied that there would be a time coming when God turned over like a compost pile. He put all the new on the bottom and bring all the old up to the top. And, and he would turn it all the way over and that God would, bring up, God would bring up new people to the top. Bring up new to the top that had been on the bottom. And so first I want to talk to my, to my generation that grew up in this ministry. Don't miss. Don't miss your place here. Because I don't believe that God will hold it for a long time. Because we have, we have so many new who need what God has put inside of you in this ministry for the last 18, 20 years. But. If you don't want to lay your life down for the call of God, because now is the time for it. It's not when we get ready, it's now. Now is the time in the ministry for us to rise up and take positions that cost us something, that cost us something. Then God will raise up. We already see it. I, I see so many new people that God is already raising up. He doesn't even care that they haven't been saved the 18 years that we've been saved and taught the 18 years of teaching. we've been taught, he cares that they just love Jesus and they want to do something for God. And so he just clearing out the way. And I'm just, and I'm saying for those of us who are in my generation, who've been here, don't let God clear you out of the way. Don't let him clear you out of the way. And I have a word for you. We seek after, because I, I have, you know, a lot of kids. Sometimes I can't remember how many I have. I've reached that level, four children. And I understand the demand keenly that children place on us for time and attention. I understand the, the conflict of that demand with work and with ministry. I understand that conflict keenly. Um, But what will I leave my children if I miss my chance to go all the way with God? I'm not leaving them with an example. But I'm also, because we build on the backs of the generation before us. And so I'm not doing my part to set my children up to launch off of me into greater things than God if I'm not doing what God's called me to do right now. We have time with kids. We have our career. We have making sure we have date night. <laughs> I forgot about that one like two kids ago. But um, <laughs> I hear people still do it. It's hard to find a baby. The more kids you have, the harder it is to find somebody to keep all your kids. We're just waiting on Gracie to get old enough to just keep them. We're just going to Monroe for three hours. That's all. Please, God, don't call. Um, but this is what God said. A life that puts our needs first is a life that puts God in a box. We either believe the scripture that says that if I lose my life for his sake, I will find it. We either believe where it says that God will give us all these things. God will give back to us when we give them over to him. We either believe the scripture or we don't. And if we believe that God says that when I give up something to go after God, that He returns it to me, blessed, multiplied, shaken down, pressed together, and running over, I either believe it and live my life according to it, or I don't believe it at all. And so if I live a life that puts my needs and even my children's needs before God, that I am living a life that puts God in the box of unbelief. I have to believe that because I lay my life down and I take time away from family, that God will bless the time I have with my family and he'll give me strategies to give, have meaningful time with my family instead of time where we just, you know, get spankings and bicker and fight. I have to believe that the time I take away from building a career God will bless me for financially and make it worth my while. He'll give back to me more than what I gave up for the time and the commitment to do what God called me to do instead of putting my career first. I have to believe that, or I can't believe Jesus. I put God in the box of unbelief. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Do you know that that scripture... Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Began with the parable of how you can't serve two masters. And then Jesus demonstrates how God feeds birds who don't sow and clothes lilies who die tomorrow. And he says, Matthew six thirty one. Therefore... Take no thought saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we're told, Don't think about tomorrow, don't think about how am I going to pay my bills. When God told me to give something tonight, how am I going to pay my bills tomorrow? Don't think about that. Think about obeying God today, and he will take care of your tomorrow. Because it tells us clearly, he knows that we have need of all these things. He knows it. He already knows. And he's still asking for the money. He's still asking for the time in prayer. He, still asks, he knows that your children need to spend time with you. But he still asks for the time. Why would he do that? Why on earth would a God that wants us to have a relationship with our children ask us to give up the time with our children? Why on earth would a God who says he wants to bless us financially ask us to give the little bit of money that we have, and so that we don't even know how to pay the bills and feed our family? Why would he ask that? if he didn't intend to keep his word, that if I seek first the kingdom of God, he will add back all those things, and the gifts that he gives are with no sorrow added. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Play me a little some Asia, if I say something good now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He intends to meet those needs. He knows we have the needs. But he asked for it anyway. But I don't get God's blessing if I say I'm going to keep it. No, God. As a matter of fact, no. Because I, you understand that I did not have quality time with my children today. Or yesterday, I was at prayer. Or the day before, because I was at work with that job you blessed me with. But So you're asking me to pray today. I'm not going to do that because I need to have time with my children. But... He knows, what, he knows what your kids need. He knows what you need. He knows the money you need. He knows the, how much money it takes to pay your bills. And here's what's the kicker is he knows how much money it's going to take to pay your bills next month. And we, some of us ain't got no idea what's coming next month. When we obey him in these little areas, he, hallelujah, Sets He positions us for the position that we need to be in to take care of the things we need to take care of tomorrow. I cannot position myself for tomorrow because I have no idea what it contains. None. I don't know how much money I need tomorrow. I hope not much, but I don't know how much money I need tomorrow. I don't know what my children are going to face next week. That I need a breakthrough for today. Not, and Monopoly won't fix it. Family time is wonderful, it's wonderful, it's valuable, and it's godly, but Monopoly won't fix it. Maybe I needed the breakthrough today so that I can deal with whatever my kid comes home from school with tomorrow. I have no idea what's coming. And so I have to trust the one who does. And when he says pray, take time away and pray. If he says give, I know you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. I know that you, your groceries are empty, and I'm asking you to give your last $20. And I can say those things because I've done it. But I think I'm going to stop there. Uh, I'll save the rest. We, when we obey God in the little things, he positions us for the big things. Let's just stand. Hallelujah. We give God praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name today, God. Hallelujah. Now, the call is not just, although I I spent some time talking to to our younger generation who grew up in the church, the call is not just to them. That's a personal. That's a personal. I've been with you in this for two decades, and I want to see you in your call. The call is for everyone who is willing to obey God in the little things and to give their life. For the little things of obedience to God. To obey Him when He says something insignificant like walk down the road today. To obey Him when He tells me something hard like I know you've been at prayer at the fast for the last three days but I just need some more time with you. I know that you're out of money and, and you were going to buy groceries tomorrow and there is nothing in your house to feed your children tomorrow, but I want that money for those times because we want to be positioned. I'll never be positioned until I've obeyed in those little things. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.